0: hey everybody welcome it's the geek with muscles hey everybody geek with muscles podcast it's about science technology spirituality and something else i think i pushed the wrong button welcome i think i pushed the wrong button (laughs) yeah whatever and hey everybody welcome to another episode of the geek with muscles podcast My name is Mike Robert, and our co-host, DJ George Jett, couldn't make it because he's on world tour in the Pacific right now. Ooh. Yes, of course, I'm completely lying. Oh. Yes, George hopefully will be back soon, Um, as our schedules seek to align themselves, hopefully in the spring. So today's episode is called Getting My Voice Back, How to Deal with Adult Bullying. And I really wanted to do this episode because I'm going through a really unique situation in my life right now where I'm reclaiming my personal power back and realizing that for the past 25 years, I was in what I consider to be a very dysfunctional uh, friendship with somebody that was really, for lack of a better term, adult bullying and people I guess think that once you're an adult, bullying doesn't happen and uh, and that this is something reserved for only school kids and maybe even college kids. But I'm here to tell you, nope, it's a thing. People get bullied even as adults. And for me, this started way back 25 years ago when I met a friend on America Online and we dated for about a month and a half. And it, it didn't work out, you know, Um It was a a brief, uh, you know, little relationship, if you even want to call it that. And it really didn't uh, lead to anywhere. And so, yeah, it only lasted a month and a half. And, you know, no fault of of his or mine. We were just pretty uh, two very different people. During this brief period of dating each other, I did notice some really freaky things about him. I did notice his uh, sort of detachment from what Some people might consider like inappropriate, like, you know, screaming at the top of his lungs when I was sleeping in the middle of the night and his roommate came in and he's like, hey, what's up? And and woke me up and it was just like screaming. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I I guess I'm used to people wanting not to wake the person that they're next to up when they talk to someone and maybe whisper or get out of bed gently. But that didn't happen. So, you know, I, I, didn't put much thought into it. Uh, it was kind of you know like, okay, it was unusual. Uh, and so, you know, time went by and it became evident, you know, Hey, we're not going to be, you know, this isn't going to be a boyfriend thing for too much longer. And it was over before it even started. Really. It wasn't even, you know, I wouldn't consider it a significant relationship. It was just, you know, Hey, we're dating for a month and a half. And, um, we actually ended up becoming friends, and that's something that happens in a lot of uh, gay, you know, situations. You know, you date somebody and you realize, hey, that they're not boyfriend material, but hey, why not? You know, be friends. You know, and uh, we're going to call this person Javier, uh, because I wrote about this in my blog geekwithmuscles.com. I wrote all about Javier and some of the things that uh, transpired in much greater detail, and and how they affected me personally in my blog. So. We're going to call Javier, uh, Javier, <laughs> in the podcast as well. Uh, but you're certainly uh, free to read up about it uh, at keepwithmuscles.com. So H- Javier and I ended up, you know, staying friends and he's a very funny guy and charismatic. And, and what I didn't realize at the time was that it's that charisma and that funny attitude that people really like and latch onto, and and make him, for the most part, hey, a wonderful guy to hang around with, unless, of course, you're the target of his bullying. And I was the target. Not anybody else, uh, basically, uh, just me. There was a situation with another friend that he did last shout out, and I'll explain that a little bit later. So I go ahead and uh, we decide to stay friends and we're hanging out with each other. And uh, eventually I met somebody else. Uh, I, and it was the first very first significant relationship after the death of my very good friend Jose, who's like my bigger brother in life, um, my confidant, my mentor. He was uh, a genius, literally. Uh, Had a master's degree in analytical chemistry and was just a a wonderful uh, person that not only took care of me, but took care of my whole family. And he, unfortunately, he died suddenly in August of 1999 Shortly afterwards, I think it was uh, October, or November, where I actually met Javier. And like I said, we ended up uh, becoming friends. So I I get this significant relationship that only lasted four months. But everyone has those relationships in their lives that are really short, but very intense and hot. And and, uh, you go up really, really fast and you come down crashing really, really hard. We've all had those. And so when that happened to me, I reached out to Javier as a source of comfort, which was a big mistake. Uh, Javier has this view about people's feelings and emotions and really looks down at you if you have any capacity to feel any of those emotions. So I was often told that I let things get to me, that I'm too sensitive, that I need to uh, not not, oh, you're always digging up the past too. He used to say that one too all the time. When I would ever bring up to him something that he did that had made me feel uncomfortable, it was in the past. So apparently it didn't matter anymore. I was supposed to forget about it and discount it. But anyway, so feeling any kind of emotion um, in, in, in any sort of intense fashion was really, really bad to him. So I... I didn't know this yet about him and, and I reached out to him and we ended up having lunch so I could get out of this uh, total depression I was in that even led me to being on antidepressants. And I was at Cheesecake Factory with him and I'm crying and he's trying to cheer me up, but it, it really wasn't working. And then so he resorted to something else, to screaming at me and humiliating at uh, me in public. So, out of nowhere, he starts to scream at me. He starts to tell me that I should shut the fuck up. That i he's sick of hearing me cry. And that I need to fucking stop it. And that I need to stop fucking crying and stop being sad. And he's doing this screaming um, at the top of his lungs. I'm mortified. Everyone in the restaurant is looking. And, and I'm just mortified. Like, I it did work though. I wasn't even sad anymore because I was so scared and embarrassed. My sadness briefly temporarily went away. So that was like the first big indication to me with Javier. That's, Hey, something's wrong here. Something's not right. Um, in the. And, and I really didn't think that I was going to be friends with him uh, much longer because of this, uh, because of this outburst. And um, I don't, I don't like confrontation, and I don't like holding grudges either. And against my better judgment, we ended up going to the movies not too much longer after that. And Javier and I, uh, at the end of the movie, as we're getting up, about to walk out of the theater, and I was, you know, motioning towards his shirt, and I said, to him, hey, you got something there, and I pulled that time-honored joke, you know, where... You point it to somebody's shirt and says they've got something there. They look down and you, you touch their nose and say, ah, gotcha. Well, he lost it. He lost it. He started screaming at me again in public, uh, telling me never to fucking touch his face, uh, never to fucking uh, do that ever again, that he would fuck me up if I did it ever again. Um, and he continued out into the parking lot, down the escalator, not apologizing at any time. And I, and I actually at that point I did say something to him along the lines of "This is not normal the way you're reacting." That was a joke, and so I thought for sure, nope, 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 never gonna let that happen again. This guy isn't gonna have um, any influence over me. I distanced myself from him from a, for a little bit, and then I met this uh, my second partner in my life. And what I mean by that is that my first partner I was with for nine years. And so that was like, you could kind of almost say my first husband, right? I'm a long-term relationship sort of guy. Um, And so that was my first significant long-term relationship. Let's say that. And then I met my second, Marty. Marty and I were together uh, almost 10 years. About That seems to be my time frame. So uh, we were together 10 years And Marty didn't particularly care for Javier. He didn't particularly like him. And Javier was kind of... It was interesting, the relationship between Javier and Marty, because Javier would often attempt to discount Marty. And while I was remaining very uh, monogamous uh, with Marty, um, Javier would seek to try to... uh, fuel distrust in my relationship with Marty and tell him that while I was in Miami and Marty was in San Francisco that Marty was most certainly doing things in San Francisco with other guys even though we were supposedly monogamous and Javier would would try to kind of do that and put seeds of doubt into my head and also tell me that there I go again you know I'm trusting people and I can't trust people and and so the the outburst didn't stop with with javier when i was with marty they indeed continued in fact one day we were rollerblading and having a wonderful time in miami beach and i was just t- chatting and talking about something while we were rollerblading and all of a sudden javier started screaming at me at the drop of a hat you know shut the fuck up you talk too much please just shut the fuck up. I just just don't say anything. I'm tired of hearing you. You just go on and on and on and just and again screaming at me and being very angry. And even though that was horrific and embarrassing and 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 very hurtful to me, I didn't weigh it a lot because I was with an amazing guy. And I was with a paramedic. I was with someone who was like a superhero in my eyes. Somebody that, you know, like a long firefighter, paramedic, police officer, right? So I was, re- uh, I was really into this person. And uh, and Javier, by the way, was also in, in law enforcement. So it was kind of like along those lines. I, I liked uh, either by law of attraction or either intentionally... I was surrounded by law enforcement my entire life. My sister, my brother, my friends. My first uh, significant long-term relationship of nine years was a cop. Um, so yeah, I was surrounded by them. So all these things that he did weren't, weren't such a big deal to me. Although they, they continued. And then they continued to start spreading or impacting my relationships and friendships with other people. And it got to the point where I had friends that were coming in from out of town once. And they were going to bring some of their friends to have dinner with us. And they had to warn them ahead of time. Saying, hey, the dynamic between Mike and Javier is really strange. So just be prepared. So it's like, which is pretty fucked up, isn't it? That you have to warn someone ahead of time that there's going to be a shitstorm at dinner. That everybody can't just enjoy their dinner and share. And have normal conversations. Because what Javier started like to do was to cut me off mid-sentence in, in social settings and start saying, Oh, look, it's all about Michael, isn't it? Here we go again. All about Michael. And he would take me by surprise like that and start talking like that. And he would do it over and over again. And it was so hurtful and embarrassing. And and so he started getting to the practice of this public humiliation and, and you know, using that. And then he would always say, afterwards, Mike, you know I love you, right? I'm just joking. After he would always inflict the pain and the embarrassment and make me feel bad about myself, he would then say he loved me. And if you know anything about domestic violence or domestic abuse, that's, that's a parallel there that the abuser often apologizes and tells the person over and over again how much they love them. Because they really need them to stick around, because they need someone to keep inflicting pain on. So, at least I had Marty, and at least and, and and so and Marty was very much aware of this behavior, and Marty didn't get along with him, although there was a time when he actually came to Marty's aid, and that was when I had gotten shit faced drunk on New Year's. Marty did too. And Javier was our designated driver because he doesn't drink. And they had left me at a bar to go get like Gatorade or something. And I didn't know they had gone. And I started panicking being drunk and not being able to find anybody and feeling like I was going to be sick. I could barely open my eyes. And I started drunk texting my partner, Marty, and telling him, You're just like every other man in my life. You know, you've left me and, you know, horrible stuff like that, that you do when you're drunk texting and you're upset. And of course, Marty was drunk too. So he was extra vulnerable to my text, and he was hurt. And he told that to Javier. Well, they finally found me in the bar and they got me in the car and Javier started laying into me, screaming at me, just screaming at me in my ear. And I could barely open my eyes. And it was, it was like a bad trip. And he kept telling me that he was that I was so mean to Marty for for texting him that and how dare I and he wants to punch me in the mouth. And that was a common phrase that he started saying to me how he often wanted to punch me in the mouth. And he would do it with the verbal intention of someone that really wanted to punch me in the mouth. It wasn't like in a jokingly way. And then I got this water bottle that was in my lap and I opened the cap. And, and all I could do to make him stop screaming was to squeeze it while it was still in my lap so hard that it squirted up in the air and hit him in the face. Oh, boy. That was the wrong thing to do. He started swerving the car around and screaming at me. And he said he was going to hit me. And and he was swerving the car. And again, I'm going to punch you. And I'm going to hit you. And oh, it was going on and on and on. Anyway, that night ended and I was actually apologetic for sending the text, I had started getting to the point where, and this happens in a bullying situation, we start to think that you're doing something wrong, or you start to believe the person that's bullying you, because they chip away your self-confidence so slowly and little by little, that you really don't notice that you're actually starting to believe what they say, and that you're wrong, and Retrospectively, looking back at that night, I, I did absolutely nothing wrong. It was, if anything, you know, don't leave your friends at a gay bar alone. Or, if anything, it was two drunk people in the wrong circumstance. And uh, let's leave it at that, right? But no, it, it it was entirely my fault. So he kind of gave himself an in with Marty in that respect where... He had kind of proven to him, hey, I'm loyal to you. And this started becoming a more and more common occurrence with friends that I had, where that he would reach out to them on a personal level and kind of win an alliance with them and then have some kind of influence over them. Now, I need to bring up that in the 25 years that I've known Javier, I have seldom met any of his friends he keeps them away from me he also keeps his family away from me i've never met his mother except once by accident for 5 minutes in a line at disney world but i've never met his brothers or his sisters not none of his family and when i say to the, him hey say hello to mom for me or tell your family i said hello he gets furious and starts telling me why the fuck did i have to go there and all that good stuff. And it is what it is because he's incredibly closeted to his family. And for whatever reason, he doesn't want me meeting his friends. I hear all about them. I hear their stories. He has many gay friends, but they have hardly ever met me. So he gets into the position where he befriends Marty. And Marty and him, I wouldn't say become close friends, but Marty seems to trust him more than he did in the past. Well, one day we had friends visiting from San Francisco, where Marty used to live. And they came to visit. And, um, excuse me, my throat is... And they came to visit. (coughs) Pardon me. Cough, cough, cough. And they came to visit. And right before we left to go have dinner... Javier screams out, well, not screams out, but says to me, so help me, God, Mike, if you get drunk again, I will fucking kick your ass. So here these people have known him for all of an hour, and he's already knocking me down in front of them. And it was pretty amazing and pretty hurtful, and I had had enough. I was like, no, 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 this has gone way too long. I can't have Javier at dinner with me for fear of how he will treat me in public. I can't have Javier around with my friends or people that I don't even know that well that I've just introduced him to that we're starting a wonderful friendship with. And he's trying to, you know, insult me in front of them and humiliate me. So I was done. So after that night, I I told him that I was no longer his friend and he very quickly called up my sister crying, telling my sister that I had broken up with him as a friend and it was devastating to him. Now, I don't like hurting people. I don't take any pleasure in hurting people. And it was really horrible for me to know that he was in pain because I decided not to be his friend. So I had a talk with him and I said, look, you know why this happened. You, I, I've asked you so many times not to do this and you continue to. And it just got too much. So please, please, please stop already. And he told me he would. And you know what? He did for a while. It got better for a while, but that wasn't a permanent solution because it started up again. Eventually, Marty and I. We did our ten years together, and we split up. And again, more uh, being berated in public, or more, you know, making me seem, you know, stupid or or uh, dumb for having feelings of compassion and feelings for other people, and. My volunteerism was an issue because how could I work for free? And I've been a lifelong volunteer. And, and what else continued is his need to send me graphic images of animals that had been hurt. Kittens that were run over in the street. He would run up to them and take a photo of their skulls and then send them to my phone. Or he would send me videos of people committing suicide in front of their webcam. Really disgusting, horrific shit. And he grew huge amounts of pleasure from sending these to me and freaking me out. And this is something he had started doing right around the time I met Marty. And it just continued. And it actually, the most recent occurrence happened last year, but then I I, I blocked him from Instagram. Because he had sent me a a, a video of a dog that was cuddling, apparently, next to a bird. And then he swallowed the bird and consumed it. And the reason the bird was so close to him is because mockingbirds will get close to animals to distract them from their nests and their chicks. So knowing this, because I'm a huge animal lover, and I volunteer teaching people about animals, knowing how much I love animals, That was a weakness I had that he sought to exploit and he would send me photos of animals and people because he knew I was a big softy when it came to people. So people being hurt one time sending me a photo of a soldier who had his head blown off by an AK-47 and I'm sorry, it was a, a soldier posing with a body of someone from the Middle East that had, his head, sorry, uh, blown off by an AK-47. It was totally disgusting. I've never seen something like that before. It was utterly disgusting. And he was like, he thought it was cool. He thought it was very cool. So anyway, tired of getting these images. And uh, they it continued. It continued. So then, I meet my husband, Eric. And yes, we are married. We got married on December 11th at a restaurant. We didn't want to publicize it because his family wasn't too accepting of our engagement. So we didn't want to let them know we had actually gotten married. So December 11th, we get married and Javier is there, of course. I didn't invite him. I didn't want him there. He kind of invited himself. And I think my husband kind of said, okay, yeah, you can come. And during dinner, Javier threatened me, threatened to kick my ass if I ever hurt Eric's feelings. And he it wasn't good enough for him to say it once. it was He had to say it twice and say it with a lot of conviction. And I want to know what kind of person in this world says to you uh, during your wedding, that they're going to commit an act of violence of you if you hurt the other person. Like, who does that? I guess people who send you photos of mutilated animals and human beings do that. So he did that uh, on December 11th when we were having dinner. He had an interesting relationship with my husband because my husband came here from Boston. and didn't have a lot of friends. And something that Javier did and I've already mentioned this is that if if there was somebody that I liked a lot he would often try to insert himself into a position of influence like make himself known like introduce them as a friend or 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 get the opportunity where he would get to know them and and that sometimes it was kind of weird like even my husband and I spoke about it we're like wow that was kind of bizarre wasn't it like what made him think he could just go and introduce himself. Anyway, it's kind of weird that way. But anyway, he 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 would do that kind of thing and he won the favor of my husband because we had had a fight, you know, early on in our relationship and my husband stayed we weren't he was my husband at the time, but he stayed there with Javier. And so As my husband even explained to me, he goes, he's one of my few friends I have here in Miami. However, when we had broken up, he was playing both sides of the coin. And even when my husband moved out and went to live in his own place, the very next day, Javier was there. And I was like, okay, you're kind of more my friend, but okay. And then and then would be very secretive about anything that was said almost making it very well known that he was in with my husband like he had an in and again using that as a way to manipulate me and make me feel bad right because we were broken up so we got back together and of course Javier stayed in the picture He stayed as a friend. And the same pattern continued. In fact, it got worse. If Javier was over the house, it would be, you know, almost at times nonstop jokes about me, insults about me, making me feel, you know, not comfortable. At first, it's funny. And then afterwards, you're like, wow, you're really hitting close to home. These don't sound like jokes. These sound like someone insulting me. So I'm a syncretic syncretic individual. And if you don't know what that means, that's somebody who observes many different faiths. And one of those faiths is Hinduism. And I have a Hindu altar to Lakshmi and Ganesha in my living room. And so an example of what Javier did one day was to come into my home, my living room, see the altar, and go, what the fuck is that? You know that's bullshit, right? You know that this is make-believe. You know all of this is bullshit. So it wasn't any longer enough to demean me and make jokes about me and to say that I was too sensitive and that I was meek or weak or some way. But now let's attack what makes you the person you are because I've been spiritual since a little boy. Let's attack that part of you that has enabled you to make it through the worst and the darkest times of your life. Let's break you. Let's go after that part of you. And that started happening with increased frequency nonstop, constant. Around my family, around my friends. Now, you're probably wondering, speaking of friends, you're probably wondering, hey, what do my friends think about this? Well, my close group of friends around me actually see him in the same light as I do, as a bully. In fact, one of these friends wasn't willing to put up with his aggressive behavior during a group vacation to Disney. And he started kind of fucking with his head because he really knows how to deal it back. You know, he's like one of those people that you can't if you try to fuck with, they're gonna they're gonna dish it right back at you. And it was really bothering Javier. So Javier thought he would handle it by threatening to deport him. Since Javier worked in law enforcement and he had connections to certain agencies, Javier very angrily and very upset told me that I better tell him to watch it because he'll have him deported, that he can do it with a single phone call. Now, my friend was legal and everything, seeking a residency, but you all know how that goes. You all know how it only takes being at the wrong place at the wrong times, sometimes. And so, yeah, he actually went there. He went to that place of, you tell your friend that I'll have you deported. I'll have him deported. Interestingly enough, it was it, it was in, it, retrospectively to see it, Javier can't take when it's dished out back to him. And I, I tried doing that. I'm not that good at it, though. And I tried, but it, it, it doesn't really work. The closest I can get to it is telling him, you know, hey, tell your mom I said hello or your family because that's a sore spot for him that he has to be so closeted with them. That he can't be himself around them. That the love and affection that he saw in my family, he didn't have with his if they knew he was gay. So it continued to get worse with my husband. Uh, He continued to act up in front of my husband. So much so, so much so that my husband had to talk to him last year. We all went on a cruise together. And my husband had to say to him, do me a favor, please. Don't humiliate Michael in front of other people. His response was, Michael knows I'm joking. And he had to say, yeah, but other people don't. And he, you know, tried to defend himself. He always tried to defend himself. Oh, I'm just joking. Michael's too sensitive. And he said, please, we want to enjoy our vacation. So tell me what friends you have that when you go on vacation with them, you have to tell, please stop don't publicly humiliate me. Please don't try to make me feel bad and ashamed in front of my friends. Please don't say things, please don't cut me off mid-conversation and start saying, "Oh, it's all about Michael." So, my husband was very much aware of the level it had it had progressed to with Javier and his determination to knock me down any way possible. Now, the problem with people like Javier is that it becomes a game, and a lot of times people around you, they don't understand that this is a game, that this isn't a game, that this is very hurtful to you, and sometimes they join in, and that just makes it all the worse, because people that are close to me, people that I should have been able to look at and say, hey, this is hurting me. And I've told you it's hurting me. Why do you continue to allow it? to Why don't you speak up for me? I speak up for people. Why don't you speak up for me? Why don't you have my back? So while most of my circle, as I already mentioned, most of my circle are very supportive of me and very much aware of the toxicity that Javier possesses. Some people that I would have expected to see it right away, they don't, unfortunately. And it's very hurtful. And as a result, I have to make some really important decisions about my life and my future with those people. Because you really need people that have your back in your life. And when someone is very aware of the pain that you're experiencing at the hands of someone else... And they're not willing to stick up for you and say, stop that. Don't you see it's hurtful? Or they make excuses for that person. That's really horrible. That that isn't excusable. Nobody, sh- nobody should have a circle around them that isn't willing to stand up for them. And it's even worse when those people are close to you. So... Last week, I finally had too much of it. 25 years of nonstop graphic images, graphic videos, berating, public humiliation, screaming at me, sudden outbursts. And I told Javier I was done. And then on my birthday, this Monday was my birthday, I turned, guess what? I turned 52. I know it's depressing, isn't it? It's the new 40, though. So months afterwards, months afterwards, what the heck am I saying? I I got so into pushing these buttons, I forgot what I was saying. So after telling Javier that I was done, on my birthday, I sent him a text message. And I said to him, thank you for this level of awareness that I have. Because basically, I've been made aware that you've been bullying me for 25 years, and I'm done with it. And I feel amazing that I'm sticking up for myself finally. And, I, and then the second thing I'm aware of is is people that didn't have my back, although they were just a small handful. And he sent me, instead of apologizing or saying he was sorry, he sent me a happy birthday meme. And the week before, when I actually told him I wasn't going to be his friend anymore, his response was, I'm sorry I can't I forgot I can't joke around with you. So there it is again. I'm just joking. 25 years of telling him that you're hurting me and that your comments are inappropriate. That's yeah, no. There's no excuses for that. There's no excuses for some of his other behavior too, which I won't even go into because it has nothing to do with his relationship with me. It has to do with who he is as a person. And I'm just not going to go into that. But needless to say, it's not an alignment of how I perceive other people, cultures, races, anything like that. It's totally not in alignment with me. And And I'm tired of hearing it, especially in my own home. So with that being said, people... Bullying as an adult ha- happens, and sometimes it happens so slowly you don't realize it. And you don't realize that you start believing sometimes the things that they've said to you over and over. Because it's a it's, it's type of brainwashing, isn't it? Because they're submitting these ideas to you in the form of jokes over and over and over again. It gets so old. It gets so exhausting and it and it chips away at you and it's working because you know i even now that i know i'm like oh i got i can't wait to get back to the gym because i literally stopped working out as much because i was starting to be told that i was old all the time and not by him because it it, it by one of these people that this disease sort of behavior was exposed to and started thinking, hey, that's funny. I'll do that too. And so all the uplifting I do to other people, uh, yeah, no. I'm always trying to tell people positive things about themselves. And this is the antithesis of that. And so, yeah, folks, it happens. Adult bullying. Wise up to it. Stick up for yourself. And you know what the interesting thing is? A lot of times, people, when you're being, when you're sorry, when you're being bullied, and they know about it, when you stick up for themselves, they get insulted because their lack of action shows complete compl- ugh, complacency. It shows that they weren't willing to stand up for you. So God forbid that they acknowledge that it was bullying. Or if they do acknowledge it, they're they're angry at you for it. Because it just shows that they were complacent. They allowed it to go on. They allowed it to continue. And so you'll notice these interesting reactions when you stand up for yourself. Because sometimes people get used to you being submissive and just taking it. Because they're not seeing the pain that I was suffering. They're not seeing, they're seeing my reaction, which is really, which is anger, which is a healthy anger because I'm sticking up for myself, but they're not used to seeing that about me. They're used to saying, you know, unicorns and rainbows and sunshine and God forbid that I act any other way. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, stick up for yourself, people. Don't put up with bullies. Your life is important. Your emotions are important. If you're a happy, wonderful person, those are good qualities. Don't let anyone tell you they're bad qualities. Your sense of optimism is a wonderful quality. Your sense of compassion for other people and animals is a wonderful quality. Don't let people that are unhappy as fuck tell you otherwise. Don't let them try to drag you down because they will. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Geek With Muscles podcast. And uh, I hope to see you again soon. Thanks for listening. You can find more of me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and geekwithmuscles.com. We absolutely loved having you. I think I pushed the wrong button.